The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome to a new edition of the Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. I'm your host, Jer McCarthy, and you can follow me on my social media, Instagram and Twitter accounts at jermccarthy 74 This week's guests include Cork senior footballer and all-star nominee, Emer Meany, Cork Camogie senior player, Searsha McCarthy, and we also have four special guests from Cork's 2021 All-Ireland Under-16 Camogie winning squad. I'll also speak to Munster under-18 girls manager Yvonne O'Brien on the new interprovincial hockey season. And finally, a roundup of all the latest Cork LGFA senior county club action and reaction. That's all to come on this week's Women in Sport podcast. Mornabi's Emer Meany enjoyed a stellar season in Cork's defence, en route to an All-Ireland semi-final appearance at Croke Park. Meany's consistent performances have earned the defender a richly deserved All-Star nomination. Now, we're delighted to be joined by three-time All-Star nominee from the Cork Ladies Senior Football Team and Mornabi, of course. That's Emer Meany. Emer, welcome to the Women in Sport podcast. Thanks very much, sir. Um, I've been looking forward to talking to you for a long time because I'm an admirer of your uh, football ability obviously and the success that you've had with the Cork team but from your own personal point of view being nominated for an All-Star is a lovely accolade and for your family and for your club you must be absolutely thrilled Yeah look I, I am delighted it is really nice to be nominated and it's it's lovely to be recognised but I suppose you rely on the players around you and, and good teammates for you know, for them doing their job, for you to get your job done on the pitch as well. So I suppose you're only as good as the players around you and without them being there to pick up the pieces when, when you miss that ball or you miss that tackle, um, I suppose you wouldn't be recognised in, in that manner. So it is really nice to get um, to get nominated, but I, I would much rather the team medals than the individual accolades anyway. Very well said. And you're lucky insofar as in your career you've been surrounded by some seriously talented players for Mornabi, but also for Cork over the last couple of years, a time of transition with a lot of new younger players coming on board. Um, you've had to be at the top of your game to keep in that first team. Oh, absolutely. Um, I suppose every year there's new players and it brings freshness and it keeps it so competitive. Like, you know, there's players fighting to get on a match day panel. There's players fighting to get on, you know, the first five subs. And then you have the team, like everyone's fighting their own battle and it keeps it so competitive um, and I suppose it keeps the, the intensity of training you know really really high standard and that's what you need if you you know you have to practice in training what you want to bring into a match so um, it has been brilliant that I suppose every year there's been new players and you know even players developing year on year players come back with a new lease of life so it's been really tough and it, it keeps it really competitive which is great Yes it does and considering everything that happened with COVID and we don't want to go back over that Cork enjoyed a really really good run to the semi-finals unfortunately the semi-final didn't work out against eventual All-Ireland champions Meath but is it a case of unfinished business Emer, for you looking into next year is that something that you're looking forward to now going back into the championship again and looking to go one better if not more Absolutely yeah I think um, I think we've had unfinished business now for a few years um, and I think every year we go back buzzing for the championship and buzzing for the league and I think it's a great way to be sometimes when you go in with a chip on your shoulder you're a little bit hungrier so um, I think we've definitely got, got a chip on our shoulder going into next year which which is a positive thing I suppose if you use it in the right the right way but I'm really looking forward to um, to next year and everything like that you know there's incredible players and you know a change of management and everything there's a freshness coming and I think um, you know what me did this year I think every team can take inspiration from from knowing that if you believe enough and if you work hard enough and if you have a system in place and if you buy into it then 
you know, any team can win the championship and that it's a really open book for next year. Indeed it is, and I'm glad you said that because there are at least if one, two, if not three or four counties along with yourselves that will be in the running for it now, including the reigning All-Ireland champions, Meath. You talked about a freshness for next year. Um, a familiar face will be on the sideline for Cork, or should I say a familiar voice uh, from your point of view in Shane Ronane. Um, that's a lovely bonus for you because he's somebody that's you've worked with a lot over your career. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you said a familiar voice. I don't think you could but hear Shane on the sideline. Even if I think at this stage, I actually can a small bit block him out, but it's taken years of practice. Um, but no, look, I, I have huge respect for Shane and, you know, massive thanks to, to Ethy and all of the background um, management that have been involved with him over the past few years. They, they've done brilliant work, but I, I have huge respect for Shane and I'm really looking forward to, to the freshness, I suppose, and a new management team can bring to the to, to the panel so um, I definitely am looking forward to getting stuck into things next year Good stuff um, on the club scene uh, Morn Abbey are looking to re- get that uh, Cork Senior Football Championship title back um, you've started off particularly well it's it's the championship obviously is far from over but you must be pleased with how well Morn Abbey have been doing thus far Yeah absolutely I suppose it was it was really nice and it was a great way to pick myself up after after that semi-final defeat that I was able to just go straight back into club training and the way it was last year I suppose with COVID and everything it was kind of the reverse we played we played the club season in in the summer and we obviously played a winter championship with the county so um, it was nearly a full year since I had kind of got the opportunity to train and play with my club so it was really nice to um kind of go straight back into training with Mornabi and we I think we're at a league semi-final stage that's you know at that point so it was really nice to get some game um, game time in as well but no things have been going well so far so hopefully we can continue to do that and as you said we're definitely looking to get that that title back Indeed and there's some seriously good teams on both sides of the draw as it is I mean obviously Airog are going quite well but um, as we do the, as we conduct this interview we don't know what the semi-final lineup is going to be but as you said yourself your experience over the past number of years both in winning County and Munster and All-Ireland Championships you'd be looking to lean on that but there's a couple of, as with the Cork Senior team Emer, there's a lot of young players coming through that Mornaby setup as well yeah, which is great. Um, look, we have, you know, very, very experienced players who, who've been there through, like, junior, intermediate, All-Ireland. Um, so we, we have those kind of players. And then also we have some younger players, which you really need. And I think for any team to be successful, you need a nice balance of, you know, experience and, and that freshness that keeps everybody on their toes and keeps things competitive. And we have younger players pushing for places. And like I said, with Cork, that's what you need. You need training to be intense. You need everybody there fighting for their jersey. So it, it's been really good. Indeed it has. And just on that, I mean, when you look at the competition for places that you're well used to when it comes to Cork and with Morn Abbey, that has driven you on, I think. And, and there's like people, a lot of the time people talk about the forwards that are in the Cork team and rightly so. There's a huge amount of attacking talent already there and also coming through. But that back division, Emer, and that full back line and those, those back positions, I mean, like you said yourself, you've got to be on your game when it comes to training. Otherwise, you know, there's at least two or three more players that could fulfil that position. Absolutely, yeah. And I suppose if, if you get complacent or if you get comfortable, then you just won't make it. And I suppose it's really good that there's always someone there knocking on the door to say, like, if you're not going to fight for your, your place or your jersey, I'm going to take it off you. And it really is that dogged, like, and, and that's what you need. You need people fighting for positions. And as you said, yes, we've brilliant forwards. We also have brilliant backs. So if you're not willing 
to to work hard and fight for your place then someone else just as good is going to come in and take that position after you so um, it is it is really good that you have to kind of keep those standards up and speaking of standards, when you look at the nominations for this year's um, All-Star Awards, you're, you're in some seriously exalted company, not just with the Meath and Dublin nominations, but from Cork as well. It's great to see Melissa Duggan, Roisin Phelan, Eric O'Shea, Hannah Looney and Cy Valeri, Emer Skelly and yourself up there. Um, and it promises to be, uh, shall we put it, an entertaining night for you no matter what. It should be. Hopefully we can swap the football boots for something a little bit more glamorous <laughs> for once and scrub up a small bit better. But no, it is. It's great. And, you know, I think there's seven of us, if I'm correct, from Cork, which is great because we did have a good year. Look, we were very disappointed, um, obviously, to lose out to me. But look, they went on to win the All-Ireland at the end. So we can we can take positives from the year as well as obviously being, being disappointed in the end. Uh, how much are you looking forward to just from your, your own family's point of view it's a lovely accolade as we said but just and for Moran Abbey as well maybe to finish the year with an, with an all-star would be fantastic yeah look it would be great as I said I really do think that I'd, I'd swap any um, individual accolade for team medals which you've been searching for but look you have to recognise that it, it's a really nice honour to be nominated and obviously it would be great to get it but sure enough we'll, we'll have to wait and see good stuff um, I just wanted to ask you finally Ian, before we go like your your Twitter handle your twitter uh, reference has a, a lovely uh, sentence that says the only disability in life is a bad attitude and it comes from scott hamilton can you just explain because just in your line of work as well why that line resonates with you um yeah like i think there's kind of two sides to that i think like your attitude and your mindset is, is so important and i think that's something that i've definitely learned um through sport and that i've implemented in, in kind of all areas of my life that if you have the right attitude, you really can achieve a lot of things. And I suppose through different managements and everything like that, that's kind of something I have gained. Um, on the flip side of it then, um, I work as a speech and language therapist and I, I actually left my job recently, so I'm working with adults now, but I was previously working with um, children in early intervention in disability services, so they were under six um, with complex needs. And I think um, that you really, really kind of get a different perspective on life when you see... Um, how some people, you know, they're dealt such a short hand in life, yet they, they really turn it on their head and they, yeah. they make so much of, of a bad situation. And there's some people who have such difficult situations and, you know, they really just have the most positive outlooks on life. Um, so I think there's two sides of that, you know, that no matter what um, your abilities, you know, that's your mindset that determines your abilities and nothing else. So, so there's kind of two sides to it, I suppose. Can I ask you just finally, in that role and in that fantastic job that you have and that you've, you've the ability to, to do, that's obviously helped you when it comes to sport and that you, you know, your mindset and the mentality and the, the whole mental side of football and sport in general has become huge over the last number of years. Has that helped you? Definitely. Look, and I think you can see like sports psychologists and everybody like that getting, you know, getting involved with teams and seeing the impact that they're having on teams. I think that sports like teaches you so much even I think you learn sometimes more from the losses um, and similarly like your career you take so much from that and like I said you see people in difficult situations who are so determined um, to get better and to improve and to work hard um, and I suppose when you find yourself in a, in a difficult situation in a match or something like that you can draw from that and, and power yourself through mm. knowing that other people you know are so determined with their own battles so I think you do draw from all areas of your life really yeah 
Excellent stuff. That's fascinating. Listen, Emer, on behalf of everybody here at the Big Red Bench in Cork Street FM, we'll be watching the night of the All or the All the All Star nominate, the All Star Award ceremony itself, and fingers crossed. Um, you will get the accolade that you deserve for all your efforts this year. You had a fantastic year for Cork. We'll be watching and hoping that you can bring home an All-Star. And if not, it has already been a brilliant year for you. And hopefully 2022 is just as good. Thanks very much, sir. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Horsey Rovers and Cork's Searsha McCarthy left Crow Park devastated at losing this year's All-Ireland Senior Camogie Final to Galway. The versatile player remains an integral part of her club and county senior setup, however, and I caught up with Saoirse shortly before Corsi's recent county championship class with Sarsfield. Now we're joined on the line by Corsi Rovers and Cork senior camogie player Saoirse McCarthy. Saoirse, thanks for joining us. Ah, no bother. Good to hear from you again. Um, before we talk about Corsi Rovers and the current Cork senior camogie club championship, we need we just need to go back because I haven't spoken to you since the All-Ireland final defeat to Galway at Croke Park um, sorry to bring that back up but just from your own perspective it's it was the first time you started an All-Ireland senior final obviously you're disappointed with the loss um, and a very very hard defeat to take but from your own experience I mean it must have been fantastic to get out on that pitch and start an All-Ireland senior final um, Yeah that's the side of it it was kind of like surreal you know the week leading up to it I was getting all these memories uh, on my Snapchat or whatever on my phone saying five years ago today and it was me up in Crow Park with a C drawn on my belly with all my friends going up to watch the match but to think that I was going to actually play on the biggest camogie stage was it was exceptional to be honest we were out the pitch warming up and, and like, I wasn't really nervous at all for the game I was just more excited and just happy to you know just to enjoy the occasion that kind of thing but um so it wasn't our day, but I will learn a lot from it, and I have no doubt we'll be back again. Yes, and just on that, yourself and about four or five others were brought through over the past twenty-four months by Paddy Murray. Now it looks like Paddy could be moving on. Um, just how important has he been to your intercounty career? So, in my experience, Paddy has been a great support to me. Like he called me up in two thousand nineteen, like straight the day after the minor All Ireland. So obviously, he had a lot of faith in us. Um, now it might have been hard breaking onto the team but I think that's down to the calibre of players that were there at the time like when I was coming in first there was Jim O'Connor Breach Corkery or Lakota like even now I can't imagine myself being on a team with any of them so you know people might complain about not playing and stuff like that but I chose not to but I do think Paddy, Kevin everyone on the background staff that has put a hand in because there's a lot of them helped every single person grow this year especially I felt like there was a really team bond this year and that was kind of down to the way we were training and we were given a lot of freedom at training like we did a lot of like actual gameplay rather than like small drills and stuff like that so we were given a lot of freedom and for girls that weren't starting or weren't playing were given the opportunity to show how they were playing and the form that they were in at training you know that kind of way so I do think um He's been very important to my Kogi career to date. Yeah, and you mentioned there the fact that like the training was a lot of it was game led, so you were playing for your place essentially, and that seemed that that bond in that team. I saw it before, and I saw it certainly saw it after the match that All Ireland final. Just the absolute despondency. Um, obviously, you know, he had a great run to the final, and that shouldn't be forgotten. I mean, the the, the games you had to overcome to get there, especially that semi final over Kilkenny. That's a lovely memory to have. It is, and. 
and you can see, like, I was looking through the pictures, the joy on her faces afterwards, and it was pure just getting the monkey off our back after losing the two semi-finals to Galway and Kilkenny the years previous. Um, and I think as well, just being from Cork and playing Camogie in Cork, you're kind of expected to be successful mm. and you're expected to be there on all in a final day. And having missed out the previous two years, we were kind of like, what's going on, you know? But um, definitely winning that match and being so close and Linda winning the getting the winning point, it was it was definitely a special memory that I I won't forget for very soon. We've interviewed Linda Collins on this podcast and on the Big Red Bench on many occasions over the past couple of years. She, to me, is a natural-born captain. She's level-headed, she knows what she's doing, and she leads by example. It, yeah. Unfortunately, before we talk about how good a captain she is, it segues into the fact that she's shortly going to be leaving uh, these shores and a huge loss to your club, Corsi Rovers. She's starting her job this week. She's flying it over there so far anyway, but... um. A huge loss. Like you can't, you can't say it's not. You can't. Some people be like, "Eric, you know, it's a massive loss." Mm. Like Linda Collins is one of the best Camogie players in the country, never mind the county. So losing her for our club team is huge. But I do think Corsi's do have strength and depth, and that's why we won the county last year. And I do feel like we can pull together and do it not without her, but for her kind of in a way mm. she felt she was in mixed motions leaving and stuff like that but I think it was the right decision in the end Indeed and for her career what more can you do you have to go off and follow your career yeah. Yeah, as you know yourself um, you, you you got over Clidove let's put it that way and now uh, yeah. our interview was taking place prior to the Sarsfields game um, winning narrowly and maybe winning while not playing well is the sign of a good team Saoirse and as you said that's where the depth in the squad comes in that's where the heart and determination whatever about the skill is tested you came through that test and you'll need that determination against against Sars Yeah that's actually something my dad always said you know it's a sign of a winning team if they're playing shocking but still <laughs> winning you know Um no, it wasn't the best days. I've had a course jersey on, but um, as a team, like collectively, not like personally, you know. But um, next week, now we go, we put that behind us, and we'll go again. We've been training all week, and training has actually picked up a lot this week. I think it was the the kick we needed, to be honest. Um, and we'll go up there just as hard, or hopefully harder. <laughs> um. How did you find, was it a relief really to get back to club championship camogie after the disappointment of the All-Ireland? I mean, it was a chance. I mean, you, you didn't have much time to kind of wallow. I know, you I know. You know, you have a certain amount of period just after the final itself, but your head is immediately turned to the club championship. Was that a good thing for you to, to focus on again? Um, it was in hindsight. At the time, I was thinking, turning around and playing club championship seven or six days after the All-Ireland final was a bit... Mm much you know um, especially because we lost just picking your head up and wanting to look at a hurley again is mm. <laughs> um, something but it actually in, in the end it turned out okay to be honest like we got over that match I, I kind of got a baptism of fire against Balancolic to be honest I was just all flaking and I came out with more bruises than I had all year so um, it, was, it was good to be back to be honest and just playing with your friends and the girls that we won the county with last year and just see how much they appreciate you being there after being gone all year hmm. um, but yeah we've, we've, we're have we going well now at the moment thank God 
Um, and that's the thing. I mean, you win the county last year. We, we covered that. It was a fantastic achievement for you to finally get that senior crown. But no, you're the ones with the target on your backs. No, you're the ones facing the likes of Ballancolly, Clidove, and they're playing out of their skins because they want to beat the county champions. Yeah, that's it. And they're two very, very tough doggy teams to get in, like the first two round of championships. Like, they're, they're two tough, tough teams. Um, and it's something very alien to Corsi's, too, I feel having that target we're usually you know labelled the underdogs and stuff like that well maybe not in recent years but yeah. when I came on the team first it was the goal the goal of the year was to win the first round mm. so you know we were never really one of those big teams on the in the county but having the target now is a bit <laughs> is a bit of pressure but I, I don't know we're, we're working with it anyway so far um, considering everything that's gone on after COVID and I don't want to go back over COVID again but considering what you came through in terms of inter-county and now club and heading into the new year I know you're in, in, in MTU like there's a lot coming up now over the next couple of months in the winter months are you at a point um, as an inter-county player where you're happy with your form or that you're happy with your fitness because it is a lot to ask a player to carry everything you've had to do into the winter months into the new year and then start again Um. Yeah, I actually feel very fresh at the moment just because we were training so hard with Cork like three days, four days a week, you know, and it was really, really intense training. And then when we came back to Cork, it was, you know, a lot of the girls were playing football and the trainings were kind of eased off because of the championship and no girls recovering and stuff. So I felt like I was able to do more than that at the time. So I did really get a little bit of a break um, those first couple of weeks with club. But yeah, I'm I'm flying it in training and stuff. I don't feel tired, and thank God, honest, because you know mentally maybe I am a bit tired of just like being concentrated all the time. But I went back to CID training or MTU training Monday night, and it's just exciting to be back doing something different, seeing different faces, mm. even though different faces. The MTU coach is also my club coach, so um, <laughs> not not too many different faces. But how bad? And listen, you've obviously had a very full calendar uh, with the Intercounty Championship this year with National League and straight into the All-Ireland. Now you're into the club and you look, courses are still going well. Uh, it looks like that Sars game is going to be a tough one. But irrespective of what happens, Saoirse, you've had a fantastic year personally and hopefully I would imagine the aim next year from Cork's point of view is to get back into that team again and nail down a starting, uh, a starting place. Yeah, well, the aim of next year is to win the All-Ireland. <laughs> well said. <laughs> it's not about whether I'm playing or not it's whether Cork wins the honour and was, was that was that the immediate message in the dressing room afterwards amongst the players because I got that sense from Linda and a few others as well like that there's a real determination now to go back yeah. again next year yeah well that's what that's where Cork should be and I truly believe that um, like it doesn't matter who's in there to be honest whether there's people going or coming mm. I think there's a real strong group of girls here now in, in this Cork team and like a lot of us have been together for a lot of years in minor and under 16 and so years knowing each other and we're kind of all buying into this this team now and all, we all want the same thing and it's not any personal reason it, we all want to win for each other and it's one of the best like friendships I've ever had on a team and that's no joke like it, I miss them more than anything mm. with the training and stuff like that. 
The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. A new season of interprovincial girls hockey got underway last weekend. Munsters under-16s and under-18s travelled to South Leinster and came away with two positive results. Under-18 manager Yvonne O'Brien joined us on The Big Red Bench to review a bright start for her Munster under-18 girls squad. Delighted to be joined uh, on the Big Red Bench by the Munster Under-18 Girls Head Coach, Yvonne O'Brien. Yvonne, welcome to the show. Hi, hi Jerry. I'm really good. Um, you've had a busy weekend because the Under-18 Hockey, Under-18 and Under-16 Hockey Interprovincial season started uh, this past weekend. A welcome return for hockey for uh, for Interprovincials and for the girls involved. Yeah, um, massive. It's I suppose they they missed a whole season last year. So for for some girls, this was their first ever inter pro game, and for some of them it's their first um, inter pro game in two years. So it, it was um, nice to see them back on the pitch after such a long break. How much training have you been able to carry out in recent weeks and months after COVID? And how much how important and how good was it to get a game under the belts today? In the last we started back around the end of June, start of July. So we've been we've been training for quite a while now, and um, and sort of narrowing our squad down. Um, we had a, a lot of girls at, at the start coming into trial for the teams, and we named a squad of twenty two players at the start of September, and we trained probably three weekends a month so it, it's quite a commitment for, for the girls on top of their club training and their school training and they definitely they put a lot into it so we we, we meet three weekends out, out of four and probably for two to three hours and then today it was, it was just great to, we've been I suppose building up to it for so long now we, it feels like we've been together a long time even though it's only been a couple of months and um, but to finally get out on the pitch and get going and get started and most importantly get some points on the board was great. Yeah, you mentioned that. Why was there such a delay? Was it, was it COVID related um, or does the Interprovincial usually start around this time of the year? So the Interprovincial are taking a new format for the first time and um, this uh, this season is completely different to normal. So normally there is one Interpro weekend so the four matches normally actually take place over one weekend and that normally happens towards uh, the end of October or in November so you'd have four games in two to three days and then players be selected from that for, for Irish under 18 teams Irish under 16 teams and this year they've decided to decentralise the national squad pretty much so um, there's going to be monthly fixtures which prolongs the it makes it a whole season so like for this year now you're going to have an interpro match one match a month and it's sort of a league league style so you get points for for every fixture and then there'll be finals in in April so it's a whole season. and I suppose it gives the national coaches a chance to see these girls progress through the season as well so some players will be called in for trials after this weekend and others might get called in after our second match next month or you know they might not get called in until January but it gives players I suppose a little bit longer to develop as well which is is I think really important after having a break from hockey with COVID. Um, am I right in saying Yvonne that because there's so it's such an extensive kind of mini league, both at under sixteen and under eighteen, that the the monster players are now playing against the best of their age group from across the country. Yeah, 
I mean, getting this the chance to, I suppose, sort of break out from, from your school and your club and come together with, with the best players in your province to play against the best players in, in every other province is obviously um, a huge honour for the girls and a privilege for them. And it also, it's also, it's great competition and it, it sort of it gives them that exposure to that higher level and, and being able to mesh with, with different players, which is what you need to do if you want to make it to to the national team and at an underage level and then eventually to progress on to senior level. Excellent stuff. Well, as opening days go, Yvonne, uh, as the head coach, your under-16s defeated Leinster South 5-3 in a shootout after drawing one all. And then your under-18s went one better and drew three all. Um, but you also came out on top in your eventual shootout 2-1 to beat Leinster, uh, Leinster South. So two wins on the board for the 16s and the 18s. As a head coach, um, did you enjoy the game or was it was there a lot happening and frustrating and understandably when it's their first game but important to get the points at the end of the day? Um, did he say I'll put it that way. It was um, <laughs> end-to-end, just three penalty strokes. Um, there was a lot of corners. And then, as a coach, it's always a little bit stressful when you get put in those situations. And then I think that's, that's probably some of the decisions that have made me a little bit stressed at times. But ultimately, I think as a starting day, we were really happy with the performance. You you never really know when you're bringing together a new group of players, mm. how they're going to mesh and, and how the nerves are going to kind of be on the, on the first day. And to be honest, like the, the performance today is something I think that we can be we can be really proud of. I'm I'm really happy with our our day one performance, and yeah, for us this is a, this is our starting point, and we're looking to build on this now for for Leinster in four weeks' time. Excellent stuff, and uh, that's what I was just going to say. Just finally, I mean, obviously, you know when your next fixture is, you're going to be quite busy throughout the winter months. Um, when you look at the squad, there's a a, a big blend of players from different clubs and different schools. Uh, it looks good. It's, it's a positive start for Munster, and will you be hoping just to build on that? Is there any particular goal, or is this interprovincial all about giving the players a chance to show what they can do in front of the international managers? And um, we're we're definitely looking to be competitive, and we're we're looking to finish top two and go to those finals in in April. And it, it's something that I think during the number of years have probably finished third and, and fourth, and, and it's something we're trying to break the mold on that now. And we're determined to finish um, in that top two positions. And I think we've, we've put ourselves in a good in a good place to do that. So going into the Leinster game, we'll definitely be looking to take maximum points out of that game. And um, like on top of that, it is a great opportunity for the girls to be seen by national coaches. But I think in terms of the squad, mm. like having a squad is so important. And we've seen even um, ourselves coming into game one like we've had injuries and we've had to bring in extra players and people have gotten an opportunity when somebody else is unavailable it presents an opportunity for a player who, who may not have originally been selected to play today and and, and that, that's great to be able to give girls that opportunity well, it's fantastic to see Munster hockey and Munster girls hockey, especially both at under 16 and under 18, getting off to such a positive start with shootout victories over Leinster South. And listen, thanks very much for your time, Yvonne, and hopefully we'll talk to you again between now and the next match and throughout the winter months to see how you're getting on. No problem. Thanks, Millen. Hopefully we'll catch up with more positive news in, in four weeks.
Missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Four of this year's Munster and All-Ireland Under-16 Camogie Championship winning team, Amy McCarthy, Sinead Hurley, Amy Shepherd, and Edel Sheehan, join me on the Big Red Bench to discuss a marvellous year for the successful Cork Under-16 Camogie panel. Now, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined on the Big Red Bench by four members of the 2021 Cork Under-16 Camogie All-Ireland winning panel. A fantastic year. Uh, the girls enjoyed in that particular panel under Donny Daly, winning both Munster and All-Ireland Championships. It's a big hello, first of all, to Aerogs Edel Sheen. Uh, how are you? I'm good, Jer. How are you? Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. That's okay. Uh, we're also joined by Clannock Kilty's Amy McCarthy. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good, to have you. good to have you with us. We're also, uh, as well as that, we've got Sarsfield Sinead Hurley. Sinead, how are you? I'm very good. How are you? I'm really good. This is great. And also, um, we have Cladov's Amy Shepherd. Amy, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Jer. Thanks very much, the four of you taking time out of your very hectic schedules to join us here on the Big Red Bench. Uh, an easy one to start. I'm going to start with you, Edel Sheen from Aerog. Um, a simple question. There was huge interest in this year's Under-16 Camogie panel. A lot of people wanted to get on the team. How difficult were the trials in the initial training sessions just to get on the panel? Well, I suppose I did a good bit of training during lockdown and my main motivation was to get on the team and uh, the trials were pretty difficult. I suppose there was a load of people that trialed and it was very intense. Um, the beat test was awful and like the strength and conditioning was um, hard, but like the main motivation was to get on the team. So I was very determined. So um, the pressure was very um, hard. Indeed, it sounds like it was. Um, if I could turn to you, Amy McCarthy from Clannacilty, um, those beep tests don't sound too, uh, too, too invite. How important was it to get that base level of fitness for the season that followed? Oh, it was very important. Like, if we hadn't um, done our own fitness before the tests, we wouldn't have gotten on because they were very difficult. But in fairness, we had a great fitness coach um, on board with us, which got us through. Um, how difficult was it um, when you saw, Amy, the, the numbers of people that were involved at the start? You know, you had to really focus because if you wanted to get a place in that panel, you really had to put in a big effort this year. There was huge interest in it. Yeah, they like picked 60 people to trial, which was an awful lot. And only 30 got on the panel. So that's half the number. So it was really difficult, but we put our heads down. Certainly did, uh, in no uncertain terms. Um, Sinead uh, from the Sarsfields Club, if I could turn to you. Once the panel was decided, I mean, obviously you'd come out of COVID and COVID is a very difficult thing for a 16-year-old because you're at home all the time. You don't get to train with your squad or, with your, or even with your friends from your club's point of view. How good was it to finally get out in the training pitch um, and start your preparations properly? Oh, it was unbelievable. Like even just like meeting new people and everything, it was great to see. And like getting out on the pitch, like it hadn't been the same. We'd been in lockdown for ages and just, it was hard training by yourself. And it was great to get back with a team, like get training. Um, and just on that, Sinead, did you find it COVID difficult? Um, yeah, like I, I wasn't used to training by myself, like going out running by myself and stuff. It was hard, but like we got used to it in the end. But I said, well, before being on the pitch with like a group of girls, it's well better. 
Very true. And um, I turn to you as well here, uh, Amy Shepherd. the same question. I mean, obviously, COVID was incredibly difficult for everybody, but for an inter-county player and somebody aspiring to play on an under-16 panel, it must have been very difficult initially, but a huge relief to finally get out of the pitch and get stuck in. Yeah, I think that um, just trying to find the motivation to do it yourself. And like when you have a group of girls, you know, there's a group doing with you, but when you're doing it yourself, it's hard to kind of drive yourself on. But I think everybody was just looking forward to get on the pitch. So it was great. Finally, when we were allowed to get on the pitch and get on with such a great group of girls, like it was great. Yeah, and Amy, you, you mentioned a great group of girls there. It's obvious that even though you were, like all four divisions were represented a huge amount of clubs, but you seemed to bond very quickly. Were there online Zoom calls or, or things like that? Or was it just a case of once you got together that you immediately started to bond? I think we just gelled together really quickly. Like we just made a Snapchat group chat and stuff and we just, we just all got on really well together. I think it was because we had such a short space of time to get ready for the All-Ireland Championship and stuff. We just gelled really quickly and just bonded together. Yeah, and that's a, that's a fair point. I mean, for the amount of people that were involved and for the difficulty in getting things together, I'll go back to you, Sinead, um, Sinead Hurley. Just the Munster Championship campaign was obviously um, a good starting point before you ever got to think about Noel Ireland. You had to get through Munster. Was it good that you had matches quickly one after the other in doing that before you hit the All Ireland Championship? Yeah, like we had a match, I'd say, every weekend. So it was tough, but like we had training during the week to keep keep us going but it was good yeah having a match every weekend I found it good because we got to like keep playing matches and keep like the running straight going and stuff so it was good but, yeah. and, and just on that Sinead I mean obviously training would have been intense all the way through but when it was was there anything better than the actual matches themselves because you had such a big squad everybody got a run at some point at the Munster Championship and how important was that yeah I know it was good that everyone was getting a run like so everyone got equal amounts in every match and stuff so it was fair enough between us all, but yeah, it was great. Navy McCarthy, um, if I turn to you, Group 3 of this year's Under-16 All-Ireland Championship saw you pitted against Tipperary and Waterford. You put up 6.15 in beating Tipperary, and then you put up uh, 3.17 before you, you, got, you got the best of Waterford. Those were very, very impressive scores, and the, could you see in those matches that the team was getting better and better? Yeah, absolutely. Like each game we played, we progressed like massively. Um, against Tip, we put a massive score up against them and then against Waterford as well. Waterford was a tougher match, but we were up for it after all the training. Um, and from your own point of view, like, I mean, the, the whole idea of the competition for places in the Cork Camogie team is that when you get your chance in matches like this, Amy, you have to take them. And that like spur you on then as soon as you got that opportunity, you wanted to grab it. Yeah, absolutely. I was so motivated when I got my chance. You had to go for it or else you weren't going to be playing again. Very true. Um, Edel, from your point of view, having beaten uh, Tipperary and having beaten Walford, you found yourselves in a quarterfinal against Dublin up in Tipperary. And there you put in a terrific performance. You won 4-16 to 1-5. And it was at that point, just coming up to the semi-finals, what was the confidence? What was the mood like in the team when you were getting nearer and nearer semi an All-Ireland semi-final? Was it, was it you know, was there, there was obviously nerves, but there seemed to be a bit of a confidence about the camp. Um, I suppose playing Dublin, we didn't know what we were up against because the group stages were so different and it was a huge step up. But I suppose as the games went on, uh, the matches progressed, um, it got harder. And I guess Dublin were a huge step up compared to Tipperary and 
Waterford and um, we didn't know what they were like so we were growing as the matches went on. And just on that, I go back to you again, um, Amy Shepard, just on that, like you're into an All-Ireland semi-final, you're playing a Galway team um, who are pretty well regarded now, they're a very, very good team and once again, you hit the ground running and you rack up 3.15 and seeing them off. At that point, I mean, you've reached an All-Ireland final. So from your point uh, point of view, Amy, how exciting was it just coming out of that semi-final and the thought of actually facing Kilkenny in an All-Ireland final? Um, I suppose when the final whistle blew in the semi-final, you know, everybody was pretty excited because it was, you know, it was everybody's first, like, proper All-Ireland final, you know. Um, so we were just all really excited, you know, and happy to be in the place. And it was, it was a quick turnaround, like, it was only a week between the two matches, but we knew Kilkenny would be a tough match, like, and they definitely were, but we are just really happy to be in the place that we are in. And so, you know, lucky to be where we were in the, only the few weeks that we had together. Was the fact, um, Amy, that it was only a week to the All-Ireland final, was that actually a bonus? Because, you know, if it's two, three weeks, like some other grades, you could be thinking about it and overthinking it. Yeah, I think, like, we got we got two good training sessions in. Like if it was two or three weeks, like you know, we might lose the focus a bit. Um, but the fact it was only a week, like we still had our mindset on winning the All Ireland, and we were kind of still in the game mode from the semi final. So I think I think it it had like a positive side to it. Very good. And Sinead, um, I'd imagine the intensity of those training sessions the week before the All Ireland were fairly hectic. I mean, players weren't holding back because you know you, you want to get on that team and you want to play in an All Ireland final. Oh yeah, we were all fighting for positions. Remember the week before the All Ireland, it was fairly mad. The training session was like we were all fighting. No one was talking. It was all focused. Like everyone was leading up to the big day and everything. It was tough. Yeah, those last weeks. And like yeah, like for like somebody like yourself that's so young, going into an All Ireland final is a big thing in your life. At that point, people tend to just kind of blase and just say, "Oh, we reached an All Ireland final." But some players never get that opportunity. So, I mean, it, it is a special moment in your intercounty career. Yeah, like leading up to it, the week of the All-Ireland final, it was really nervous, like going places and everyone would be saying like, good luck to you and everything. And it would like get you in the game mode and thinking that it is like such a big day and like not many people get it, this opportunity. But yeah, it's good. Very good. And Amy McCarthy, what's it like being part of an All-Ireland final squad. I mean, obviously, you know, whether you're starting or not, you need to be ready if you're called upon to come on. But did you find it, I mean, was it very different to any other game that you would have been involved in before? Yeah, absolutely. It was just such a big deal. Like everyone, like everyone you knew was wishing you luck. And it was just so exciting then when we won and everything. And the celebrations are amazing. Yes, the celebrations. It's amazing. All the inter-county teams I interview don't seem to remember the celebrations too well. I'm not suggesting for a second that you don't. But Amy McCarthy, how long did the celebrations go on for? Oh, they went on for days afterwards, even though we had a match two days later against Waterford. But that's we were right. still so excited. Yeah, and that's the thing. Your season was different in that it was truncated and that the monster kind of came afterwards. But like the fact that you played Tipperary and Waterford in the early stages of the All-Ireland, Amy, that was a big help. I mean, you played them in Group 3 at that stage. Yeah, we had an idea what Waterford was like and that they were going to put up a good match against us. So we were excited for it, but nervous at the same time. And Edel, can you remember that moment when the final whistle blew uh, and you got, you, got, you got over Kilkenny, what that felt like in the immediate aftermath of it? Oh, it was unbelievable. Uh, we left everything on the pitch and the sense of relief after winning 
was unbelievable. A few tears as well, maybe? <laughs> loads of tears, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Fair play. Well, loads be, of celebrations. How long, it's actually, uh, that, that's a good a question. How long did it actually take to sink in when all the celebra celebrating had finished? I know you had to go straight into a monster couple of games, but has there been a moment where you sat down and you went, my God, we actually won in all Ireland? Um, straight after the match, I just had to pinch myself because I couldn't believe that we won. Um, it was so unbelievable. Very good. Very and just, overwhelming. And naturally, yeah, I mean, it's, it is. I mean, I'm not trying to over oversell it, but people that never get to play in an All-Ireland final don't know what it feels like. It's totally different to anything, I think, from club level. It was so special. Like, it was my lifelong hmm. dream. Very good. Um, and Amy Shepard, if I could come back to you, Donny Daly. I mean, I've had the pleasure of interviewing. Well, he tends to interview me, actually. It's funny with Donny. You start the interview, but he ends up interviewing you, as you know well. How important, Amy Shepard, is that man to Cork Camogie? Um, like, he's he's an unbelievable trainer. Like, he he drives you on so much. Like, and it's just, he's just such passion for the game as well. Like, he, he like, the halftime talks and everything, like, and especially in the dressing room beforehand, like, it, it just gives you chills in the dressing room. Like, but it really gets you over the line in the matches, just the drive that he has. Yeah, I get the impression, Amy, you wanted to win for him and his backroom management team just as much as you did for yourselves. Is that true? Yeah, like they just put so much work into us and into the training ever since we started back in May. And like just the amount of work and time and effort they put in, like it was, they just deserved it so much. Like when I was, we were so happy to do it for them. Very well said. Sinead Hurley, I'd imagine you feel the same way about Mr. Daly and that he's very, very, a very, very good coach. Not just he's been a coach around Camogie for quite a while, but he was very important to you this year. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, he's actually just the best. I think he's like one of the best coaches I've ever had. He just drives you on so much. Like, I just, I've no words for him. He's just so nice. Like, yeah, he's just the best, I think. Oh, he's getting ringing endorsements here. I don't know if I'm going to leave this into the interview. Amy McCarthy, <laughs> I mean, I know you've come across quite a few coaches already in your young career, but what is Donnie Daly like as a coach? Oh, he's so like motivating. He he'd be screaming at you, and it gets you so hyped up. And his training's unreal. To be fair to him, um, do you his backroom team as well, Amy? He had a lot of good people around him this year. It wasn't just Tony that was driving you on. How important were they in getting you ready uh, in between games? Yeah, like Mossy and John and all the other guys. They were brilliant. They really motivated us and got us in the zone. In the zone, that's a good term. I must use that. Um, Idel, from your point of view as well, I mean, obviously being involved with an intercounty management team, it's a step up from club. There's a lot of pressures, a bit, of, a lot of intensity, but Donny seems to have this way of delivering it and also being very nice about it. Or am, am I right? Oh, you're definitely right. Like, he was very passionate about, like, he has such a passion for Camogie and it really reflected on us because he, the background team, had such a good relationship and it reflected on us. Like um, all the trainers, like John, Mossy, Colette, Steve, Roberta, uh, Michelle, and don't even brought in a physio, which was brilliant for us because it gave us um, a break and um, it really helped us uh, during the matches because the matches were so frequent. Yes, they were. And I'm just going to finish up now by asking each of you, and I'll come back to you again, Edel. Obviously, you were lucky enough to get to play in All-Ireland. Your, your, your under-16 football counterparts did not. Their championship, for, for numerous reasons, whatever the reasons are, stopped at the Munster Championship. So how lucky do you feel to have gotten to an All-Ireland final and won it? And what are you hoping for for the coming year? 
Um, I suppose uh, going back to training next year will be brilliant, but um, getting focused for training is really big, but I was very disappointed that there was no football All-Ireland, but it was such an achievement to have won the camogie and like lifting the cup was unbelievable. And it was so disappointing that no football team got to do that this year. Indeed it was. Uh, Amy McCarthy, the same for you. Your ambitions for the coming year and um, how much did you enjoy your time with the under-16s this past season? Oh, I enjoyed my time so much. It was a brilliant experience and I made so much friends as well. And like the training really um, improved or helped me improve. And for the coming year, I mean, obviously you've got ambitions. I don't know if you're under-16 again or not, but you'll be trialling hopefully for another inter-county jersey. Yeah, hopefully I'll try to get on the under-16 team again this year. Very good. And Sinead Hurley, from your point of view, um, you talked about the bond and the friendship that's clearly there. You can, you can sense it. It's not something that you just say. The bond that you had this past year is something that you would hope to experience again next year in an inter-county jersey? Yeah, like I really hope so. Like our team just got on so well this year that like, I don't know, like we just got on so well. I don't know if it can be beaten, but like I'd hope so. Charlie again for under 16 next year. I hope that it'll be the same, like as good as it was this year. We probably have longer as well this probably next year to like get ready for the matches like trials starting up in November I'd say we'll have longer to like bond as a team but I don't know will it be better or worse than last year we'll have to see we will have to see that's a good hook for getting yeah. people to listen again next year and Amy Shepherd, finally for you um you've had a fantastic year I mean you've won a Munster you've won an All-Ireland um but the fact that you did it with such a nice group of people and clearly a bond and also with your management team how much are you looking forward to doing something similar again next year? Um, I suppose, yeah, like the focus now is on the upcoming trials and stuff and um, just upcoming trials for next year and hopefully for under 16 again next year. But just the bunch of girls that we had this year, like we just, it was just unbelievable how much we gelled and even the trainers were saying it at the first couple of weeks in. So, you know, hopefully we have that again in the coming future. Indeed, I hope so too, because it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. You speak very well, and each of you have given a good insight into what it meant to be an under-16 inter-county player in the most craziest of years after COVID and everything that happened. To go out, win an All-Ireland, win a Munster afterwards is fine, but to win an All-Ireland and to beat the number of teams that you did and the manner in which you did marks you down as one of the best inter-county teams of last year and one of the best under-16 Camogie teams for some time. I look forward to interviewing each of you, if not all of you, at some point again next year in whatever intercounty team you're in. But for now, Amy McCarthy from Clonakilty, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us on the Big Red Bench. Thank you so much, Jay. No problem. Same for you, Amy Shepherd. Thanks for taking the time out of your schedule to join us. Thank you, Jay. You're welcome. Idel Sheehan as well. Congrats on a fantastic year. And hopefully we'll talk to you again at some stage in the future. Thanks, Jay. And last, but by no means least, Sinead Hurley, thank you for your time and uh, all your comments this evening on the Big Red Bench. Thanks so much, Jerry. Yeah, so there you had it. You had four members of the Munster and All-Ireland under-16 Camogie winning squad who had a fantastic year under Donny Daly. Thanks very much to each of them for their time this evening and uh, hopefully it's not too long before we get to speak to them again. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Okay, a huge weekend of Cork LGFA Senior Football Championship action last weekend in which Kinsale joined Air Oak in the County A semi-finals. Um, a thrilling uh, Group 2 encounter between Kinsale and St. Val's went the way of the home team in Kinsale last Sunday. St. Val's knew nothing less than a victory would do uh, 
to force their way into the county semi-finals while Kinsale needed to avoid defeat uh, to make the last four. Um, lining out with former multi-All-Ireland winners Breed Stack and Breed Corkery, St. Pals got off to a brilliant start. They were 1-3 to not one up at the first water break, uh, including a fortuitous uh, Breed Corkery goal. But in fairness, Kinsale hit back with a goal of their own through Eva Keating and were only 1-6 to 1-2 behind at the break. At the final water break, though, St. Fals still managed to pull away. They were 1-10 to 1-5 ahead, and there looked only to be one winner at that point until an absolutely smashing Saibo Leary goal got Kinsale right back in the game. Orla Finn and Faye Hearn um, put the ball over the bar, as did Kieran McCarthy for St. Fals. So it was 1-11 to 2-7 with just about two or three minutes to go when Orla Finn uh, slotted over a free and Kinsale held out for a, for a very, very important draw. That draw was enough to get them into the semi-finals because on the same afternoon, Airog uh, got their expected win at home to Clannacilty in Ovens to finish top of the Group 2 standings and make sure that Kinsale finished in runners-up position. In Ovens, Airog were just too strong for a Clannacilty team that played quite well but succumbed to a 115-2-2 defeat. Emer Scally once again had a fantastic game for Airog. She's been on fire this year. She got 1-6 um, in, the, in the same game that Laura Cleary, Emma Cleary, Aoife Rogers, Saif McGoldrick, Shauna Cronin, Orla Cahalan and Ruth Murphy were also on the score sheet for the winners. Orla DC got two penalties and a point and Kira Ryan also scored for Clan. Um, disappointment for Clan, but the intermediate champions could go quite well in the, in the Senior B Championship. Keep an eye out for them. Uh, in the other group, in Group 1, Morn Abbey not in action this weekend and still top of the group. But even so, Bright Rovers um, had a narrow win over Formoy, 2 9 to 1 8. Um, Formoy played again very, very well in this game, but they kicked an awful lot of wides, uh, even though Sir Shamour uh, got four points. Eve Buckley converted a penalty, and Ashley Hutchins and Caitlin Duffy were also on target. But it was Bright who were full value for their win, thanks to once again Katie Quirk, another Cork player who's having a fantastic club season. She got 1 6. Grace Carney weighed in with a goal, and we had Jen Barry, Kira Morrison, and Grace Cullity also getting some points. Good win for Bright there. And on the same day, Inch Rovers remained in contention for a semi-final slot. They were just too strong for a depleted Ahada. We're missing a lot of their regular starters this season, having a difficult season. But uh, it was Angela Walsh with 1-4, Noella Donovan uh, with 1-1, and Kira Irwin also with 1-2. Annie Walsh as ever on the score sheet, along with Sarah Harrington and Tara Hickey for uh, for Inch. So at the moment, heading into this weekend, Aero can sail or guaranteed County A semi-final places. Morn Abbey will join them if they win at the weekend. But that second and or sorry, that final semi-final slot still very much up for grabs, and it looks like it's going to come down between Bride and Inch Rovers. And so before we finish up, we got some reaction from the St. Val's and Kinsale game last weekend. First we're going to hear from St. Val's manager, uh, Tony Hughes, and then from Cork Senior and Kinsale forward Orla Finn on the Group 2 draw which saw Kinsale reach the County A Senior Semi-Finals for the first time in the club's history. Okay, St. Valens manager Tony Hughes, obviously disappointment at drawing away to Kinsale today, a game it looked like you were on the verge of winning. Uh, yes, we we started brightly, uh, left them back into the times, um, got on the front foot again and looked like being in a good position but uh, gave away a goal later on um, to, to save and you know probably we're lucky to come up with a draw in the end but it was frustrating given the amount of, uh, of possession that we did have Yeah I mean it won't be much consolation to you Tony but it was a fantastic game of football and although it denies you a chance going into the semi-finals of the County A Championship you'll really be gunning for that County B now uh, Yeah look no, no consolation whatsoever Jared, to, be honest, to be honest with you I thought we, we, we'd done enough in this game and the previous game from a, a possession point of view to, 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 to win win against Clana and today uh, Senior B uh, look we want to win every game we're playing in but um, our aim was to be to be in the Senior A semi 
Yeah, and it just shows the tight margins this year, Tony, doesn't it? There's been such so many tight games in this particular group with Airog and Clannacilty as well. Like, I mean, the margin for error was tiny. On another day, you could have won that game and previous games as well. Um, I suppose that's probably what's most frustrating rather than disappointing. Uh, yeah, look, look over the, over the three games. I suppose we've, uh, you know, we we we've a negative scoring rate of of, of minus four with over three games. You know, um, and. You know, with with a couple of other kicks, you could be, you you could have had one all three games. It it, it is very tight, uh, but look at the same time, you know, you have to be putting away the the, the, the scores and the opportunities in the tight games. You know, we can we can all score in the in the, in the games that we're winning well, but it's the tight games that you have to be taking the taking the chances, and we're, we didn't convert enough today. And just finally, can I pick out two players? I know you don't like doing that, but Breed Stack and no. Breach Corkery. Um, considering their age profile, considering their experience, it's just fantastic to see them out there again today. I know they're as good as you at not getting the result, but what warriors they are for St. Val's. Oh yeah, look, um, they're, they're an example to every every other player out there, to be honest with you, no matter what, what age, you know, the, the, heart, the heart is there, they put in the effort more than anybody else at training as well, you know, they lead, they lead by example. Um, yeah, and it's, you know, it, it's great to have them in, in, involved and it's very important for our club that the younger players coming up sort of aspire to be like them, and uh, you know, and to be the future leaders of the of the club, like uh, like like Breed and Breed are. I suppose a special special word to Breed who uh, who finishes up on her she she heads to Australia this week on her on her journey. So we just want to wish her the best of the best of luck from all the club. Orla Finn, um, as club county championship matches go yourselves and St Val's draw just has just finished it ended in a draw but it's enough for you to get through to, for the first time ever to a county senior semi-final how does it feel? Yeah it's absolutely unbelievable you know we put it all out there today it's our first time beating Val's in a senior championship game so we knew it was up against us they got off to a very good start and we just kept scraping back kept scraping back and thankfully we got over the line in the end we got a draw which will do us for the, the semi-final What does this mean in the grander scheme of things not just for today but for Kinsale ladies football to show that you, are, you, you belong at the top table yeah it's a massive step for us as I said it's the first time in history we've made it this far so we're just going to put our heads down now for the next two weeks and, and get ready for a semi-final um, in two weeks time and considering everything that's gone before Covid late season starting all the matches coming at once this is a lovely feeling and deserved yeah it really is I suppose last year we were we played Ahadai in, in the quarter final and we thought we had it but in the last few minutes they got two late goals and it really hurt us so I think today that stood to us and we drove on till the bitter end um, You were up against some serious Cork senior players past and present today but to see Breach Corkery and Breach Stack players I know you've soldiered with for many many years out there today what a lovely sight first of all and also a reminder of just how important ladies football is in this county Yeah definitely you know those girls have, have kids and everything and it's great to see them back on the playing field again and it's going as strong as ever you know I don't know how they keep going up and down and have the power that they have but it is great to see see the likes of them back again playing. Just finally, does it matter who you play in the semi-finals? It's a, I mean, you'll, you'll go in as underdogs no matter who you're playing. But I think that tag might suit you. Yeah, definitely. Like we're underdogs today, and it suited us at the end. Um, we'll just look forward to, to the semi-final now in two weeks, and we'll take on whoever is put in front of us. That's it for another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also listen online at redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune in to the Big Red Bench with Rory O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan and Valerie Wheeler between 6 and 7pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. 
follow The Big Red Bench across all our social media channels, as well as visiting our official website, redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m., Cork's Red FM.